everybody, what's going on? And welcome to the Thursday edition of the Hostile Environment Podcast, episode number four. And the good news for everybody listening out there who doesn't like sports and doesn't like me talking about sports, there won't be any sports talk today. Zero. Not a headline. Nothing. Instead, we're going to talk about Greg. Yeah, Greg, if that is your real name. Uh, Greg decided to email me on the email account that I set up for the podcast, which is j.hostile.environment at gmail.com, where he proceeded to trash my show and call me a derogatory name, which is no longer socially acceptable to say, but it's still used in jolly old England to describe cigarettes. Um, And actually, a sidebar before I go any further, um, is that word that I'm dancing around and speaking of really all that offensive? I mean, I have a friend named Roman who is of the uh, man-on-man love persuasion, and uh, he's a super guy who, unfortunately, I haven't seen for some time. But um, I haven't seen him in years, actually, technically. Um, But he used to describe himself and his partners, and me, and whoever, by that word. Um, So I'm just wondering if they're free to use it. I'm free to use it. I don't know. Anyways, I'm probably just a a fucking dinosaur. And yes, I'm probably a little behind the times when it comes to what's appropriate and what's offensive to say about people. But uh, yeah, that's just me. Anyways, back to Greg. Um, Greg is obviously on Twitter, uh, but is too much of a pussy to give me his Twitter handle. Or respond on Twitter, actually. So when you respond to somebody on Twitter, you can see the response and obviously who said it. But he didn't have the balls to do that. Um, he's, I don't know what to say. He's just... So anyways, he emails me. Uh, just a little backstory. Um, so I'm trying to grow this brand. And by growing this brand, which by the way is very difficult. Um, because as much as you guys are helping me by downloading and subscribing... I'm not getting any new viewers, or sorry, new listeners, because it's hard to to put yourself out there. It's not like I can run TV commercials or anything like that, you know, aside from, you know, getting buck naked and running downtown with my podcast handle written all over me. I mean, I have no way to really get the message out there. So what I'm doing is uh, I'm, you know, what what do they call it? Trolling, creeping, whatever it is. I don't know. Um, I'm going on Twitter and all of the popular sites that are out there, mostly Canadian for now, obviously. Um, but I'm also hitting up a few American sites. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys follow Rex Chapman, but he puts out all these awesome videos, crazy videos, shit that he finds on the internet. That's really fucked up. Um, you know, and, and any Canadian sites like TSN, Roger Sportsnet, um, uh, Toronto Sun, CP24, um, uh, that I'm basically, uh, responding to their tweets by putting the link to my podcast on there with a little blurb of what the episode was about. So the last one was about chugging the hot sauce. So I would put the link to um, the podcast on iTunes and Spotify with a little blurb saying that, uh, yeah, this podcast is uh, about me drinking a bottle of hot sauce and going to the emergency room, thinking that maybe someone would you know be going to comment on CP24, Toronto Sun, or what have you, see what I'm writing and say, holy shit, like, this fucking guy for real? Did, did he really drink hot sauce and go to the hospital? So I'd get a subscription. And hopefully after I get the first listen or subscription, whatever, um, they would stick around and keep subscribing. So my numbers would go up, which would mean I would start to monetize a little bit, you know, have a have a paid ad here and there, maybe three or four, or, uh, whatever. So that's what I'm trying to do because, you know, as much as I'm doing this for fun and it's extremely therapeutic, 
I also would, wouldn't mind making a little side cash doing this because I enjoy doing it. I enjoy listening to podcasts. And if you guys are listening and subscribing, then the chances are you're enjoying the content that I'm putting out. So the better, the more money I can make or any money that I can make, I can also get better. So that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to get strangers to, you know, click on the podcast and download and subscribe. I'm doing my best. Well, Greg emailed me and um, his exact quote was, uh, stop posting the link to your shit podcast on the CP24 website. I listened to it and it wasn't hostile at all. It should be called the insert derogatory word here describing man love. So basically it should be called the blank podcast instead. So I read that. I decided not to respond because trolls like this, they want you to go back and forth and I don't, I'm not going to waste my time. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say I didn't smile. I did smile. And when I told my wife and even my oldest daughter that I had finally gotten some criticism, and that's how it went down, it was, it was a laughing moment for all of us. Uh, that being said, um, I've gotten feedback before about the show, both positive and I wouldn't say negative, but a little bit of criticism, saying this is what you could do better. Like um, one of the comments I heard was, "Sometimes you can hear when I move my arms on this table that I'm on." So I'm trying to cut down on that by not only staying as still as possible, but I've also taken steps to make the table a little more firm. Uh, Anyways, so um, I'm a big boy. I can take the criticism. So by no means am I trying to discourage anyone uh, from contacting me. Quite the opposite, actually. Uh, I want the audience to be as interactive as possible. I want to hear what you guys uh, like or don't like or what you want to hear, what you want me to talk about. And, um, you know, I, I don't want... I'm good with criticism. I, 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 it doesn't bother me. What does bother me is uh, an attack. So uh, I don't know. Um, but to, to tell me to call me that name and then tell me to rename my fucking show, um, like I almost here's the I have a few questions coming from this. So the first thing I, I asked myself was, if this guy fucking knew who I was and saw me, would he still say that sort of thing? I'm gonna guess no. And for those of you who do know me for years, you know how I would probably respond if someone came up to my face and said something along those lines. Um, So I'll get to the point of the show where I basically explained the video tease that I put out yesterday on the Hostile Environment IG, uh, Twitter, Facebook, I think I put it on all the sites, which was uh, basically a clip of uh, Iron Mike fucking Tyson knocking out some poor slob because Mike Tyson had, sorry, anyways, I put that up there, because uh, Mike Tyson um, had a quote a couple years ago that really stuck with me. I saw it on some sort of social media, and I kept it, and it's always stuck by me, and even now, um, it's it's very relevant to, you know, this comment that this gentleman, and I use that term loosely, made to me in my show. So the quote is, um, Social media made y'all way too comfortable with disrespecting people and not getting punched in the face for it. Wow. Like, how fucking true is that? I mean, specifically, I would say Twitter, more than anything else, um, is is the fucking devil. It is the bottom, it is rock bottom of the social media world. And while I was just laying back thinking about the content for the show for today, 
and the comment and you know how I was going to kind of play this um, because clearly this guy is trying to get me angry, which is fine. I don't mind being angry. Ask my family. Fuck. But um, all I kept thinking was uh, social media is the ultimate participation ribbon for all of the cowards who deserve to be bullied in school. Now, what I can expand on that, so allow me to expand on that. Uh, for the guys who live with their parents because the real world is too scary a place so mommy combs their hair, and for the guys who wear Game of Thrones pajamas with the ass flap in the back and jerk off to Asian anime porn, not even real chicks, fucking cartoons, uh, you know, those kind of guys. These, these are the guys who decide that they're going to wake up in the morning, they hate their life, and they're going to start fucking with people, whether it be celebrities or, or um, you know, make comments on stories, insulting people, whatever they can do to make themselves feel better. So the correlation between social media cowards and participation ribbons is fucking genius, I think. Um, I, I can't say that I take 100% credit for possibly drawing the parallel between the two, who knows, maybe I heard it somewhere and uh, it was implement, implanted in me via subliminal messages. But um, I, I'm taking all the credit for it right now because it's my fucking show. And uh, Greg, who's clearly a fucking keyboard warrior, obviously needs a severe beating. And uh, It's too bad that, you know, it doesn't look like he's going to get it. But uh, think about this seriously. Um, you know, think... Think about the fucking kid in high school that you'd walk by like probably a thousand fucking times and never know his name or give a fuck what his name was. Not because you were cooler, not because you didn't have the time to ask the irrelevant fucking loser what his name was. It's because these submissive, yellow, coward cocksuckers were too timid and afraid to walk up and shake your hand like a man and introduce themselves for fear of rejection or just getting blown off or whatever. And they're the same guys who now skip a generation, obviously, to present day are the ones with the soccer moms named Karen who flip the fuck out at coaches or judges or whatever because their kid wasn't talented enough to uh, be on the podium for first, second, or third place. But Karen needs her son or daughter to get that validation, right? The... The participation ribbon, uh, because we're all winners. Well, guess what, Karen? We're all not all fucking winners. And your kid wasn't talented enough to get a fucking ribbon. Uh, so get off the fucking platform. Get off. Fuck off. Beat it. Because I saw this firsthand when my daughter was in gymnastics. And she came in third. And the fucking smile on her face was genuine because she worked for that third place finish. She didn't get mad because it wasn't first or second. She was disappointed, sure. She didn't get mad. But then I saw some fucking, and I love the term Karen, by the way. It's the fucking greatest thing ever. I saw some fucking Karen go over and just start giving it to the judges, saying that, you know, her kid didn't get this and her kid didn't get that. When I was at the fucking competition and I watched this kid and she fucking fell. I mean, she sucked. So she deserved to not get, you know, not place in the top three, five, 10, 15. But the mom went over there and just gave this fucking poor judge. Uh, enough of a, a, a verbal beating that the judge caved, went into his fucking bag, and gave this fucking kid a ribbon anyways. So all the other kids that were between the loser kid and the good kids didn't get shit. But the loser kid got something, so they got to go home and say they got a ribbon when they didn't fucking earn it. So Greg, 
who didn't fucking earn being able to talk to me because Greg didn't give me any constructive criticism. Greg just decided to try and fuck with me, which isn't the best idea. Is it great content for the show? Absolutely. But fucking to, to say Greg's a coward is an understatement. Um, and I'd love for Greg to find a way to contact me and we could talk about this and hey, I would even I would even put it on the show. We could do a fucking Zoom call. No problem if I could figure out how to do that short shit, which I'm going to. Um, Greg, uh, you have free reign to call in and we can talk about my show and how um, we can also ask you some personal questions on where you are in life and what makes you so fucking fantastic. So that would be, I would love that. So hopefully we get to that. But uh, yeah, sorry, I, I just... It, it, it fucking bothers me and uh, it should bother everybody because this is if you scroll any comment on Twitter it, it can be something really super positive and there's still people out there who just take it right down to the very bottom of the barrel and say something to either rile the pot or, or sorry stir the pot or rile the troops whatever however you want to say it you know what I'm talking about so Social media, I mean, fuck, man. Like, I didn't want to join Facebook. Uh, I was on Facebook like 15 years ago. I got rid of it. Haven't been on it since. Swore I wouldn't do it. I played, I, I only got on it so that I could try and um, make some connections through friends and friends and friends and to talk to friends and friends and hopefully get this show out there so I could get some more subscriptions. So, you know, I, this is how you, use, this is how you're supposed to use social media, I think, is to try and um, make yourself better. Um, I mean, that's, that's just my opinion. I don't think sitting around on your phone all day and responding to, uh, celebrities or, or stories about celebrities or, or whatever. And, and, uh, you know, basically spitting just vile fucking venom, bullshit, horseshit out of your mouth. Uh, I don't think that's the way to go, but that's just me. Like I said, I've never really been a, a social media guy. I, I, I use Twitter before this podcast started. I mean, like I said, I've been kicked off Twitter twice. Before that, I mean, I, I never really even tweeted all that much. If anything, I would just retweet cool shit from you know, uh, you know, anything that's big in Canada. I would retweet that, or and I didn't. I don't even have any fucking followers, so I don't even know who the fuck was re reading my retweets. But it was the thing to do, so I fucking did it. Um, I'm not a big fan of Twitter or IG or Facebook or any of this horse shit. But uh, now that social media has come along and it's blown up to the point where like there's people are committing suicide and shit from from getting bullied from these fucking people who are like basically one step away from being school shooters like that that's where it's getting to like you get bullied enough yeah that's this is how these fucking school shooters are made man like you know they're sick and tired of getting pushed around they're sick and tired they can't even go home now because even when they log on to their facebook or their instagram whatever they're still getting it so they're getting it at school they're getting it at home and this is, this is, you know, this is where we're at. And I saw it firsthand with two daughters. I've seen it go back and forth. And I'm not going to say my daughters were innocent because, you know, they're kids and they're not. So I'm, chances are they were involved in the same shit to somebody else. But I saw them getting it from people and I know how they reacted to it. And being my age, it's not exactly easy to give them advice on how to deal with social media horseshit because I never dealt with this. I had a fucking pager. So uh, for me to get into any sort of advice on how to deal with this. I'm a little out of my league. So, uh, thank God, uh, you know, my wife was, uh, on top of that sort of thing. She gives, she gives way better advice about, you know, social media shit than I do anyways. But, uh, yeah. Um, 
other than that, um, you know, I, I have posted on Instagram here and there. Um, you know, I post stuff with my daughter doing CrossFit. I'm super proud of that and shit like that. But I have like fucking zero interest in looking on Facebook and people posting, you know, cats with hats or here's a fruit bowl in the sun with a thinking emoji. Hmm. I mean, this isn't something anyone should give a fuck about. No, just fucking please just just put your phone down and go fucking bake a cake or fucking do something constructive. Go fix something in the house or, you know, like fucking go for a walk. Walk your dogs. Get off your fucking phone. So, anyways, Greg, Greg being the massive meat-headed shit sack that he is, like I said, didn't offer any constructive criticism. Just kind of, uh, did, just kind of dropped his comment and fucking bounced. So... I think I've done my part here. Um, Greg wanted to see more hostility. I'm pretty sure I brought that to the table today. So that being said, we can move on from that. And um, let me go to the segment that I promised you last week, or sorry, last episode, which was Monday. And that would be the very first Tone Tale. So uh, as I had expressed in the first podcast, I had met tone through Derek. Derek had, so we're going back to when I was in grade uh, 10 at East York Collegiate. Derek would always give me these stories about tone this and tone that. And at some point I remember just thinking they're like enough, man, like there's no fucking way this is real. Like I understand some stories are, are pretty legit, but it would get to the point where I was like, no, that didn't fucking happen. Like there's no way. And Derek kept promising Tone, I was going to meet Tone, and Tone was going to come, and Tone was going to show up here, and Tone never showed up. So at one point, I remember even thinking, like, is fucking Derek just making this guy have to fuck with me? Or, or anyways. Um, and then uh, when I was doing my exams in grade 10, uh, Tone walked into the school. So you know when you're doing exams, the school's pretty much bare. It's empty, except for the people writing their exams inside the classroom. So, you know, the cafeteria is closed, the... Uh, uh, all the classrooms are locked except for the ones being used by the tests. Um, and there's very, very, barely any staff. It's like a ghost town. So Tone decided to walk in and um, not sure if he was smoking when he walked in or decided to light up inside, but at some point did spark a smoke and walked to the school. Uh, our gym teacher, this guy, Mr. Riley, found him and uh, threw him out of the school for smoking, because you know, obviously, you know, put your cigarette out. No, fuck, go fuck yourself is what Tone said to the teacher uh, on his way out. Uh, pulled the fire alarm, so everyone writing their exams had to, you know, evacuate the premises. So um, funny. I'm not gonna say it wasn't funny because it was fucking hilarious at the time, but in retrospect, it's like wow, like that that really fucking happened. Like he just walked in smoking and pulled the fire alarm. Like you got to think he's got a screw loose, but we never, you know, obviously it was funny. So. The friendship built from there. So I was immediately blown away by this guy because I was like, I can't believe this fucking guy did that. But sure enough, he did. Um, so the first tone tale I'm going to tell is, um, so I'm, I'm going to start off light and then I'm going to go heavy and then I'm going to go light and then I'm going to go heavy. So I'm going to try and sprinkle, mix it up, sprinkle a good story in here and there. So the story is not one of the best tone tales, but it's a good one because it goes to show you just how cold hearted this prick can be as far as what he, what he believed, what he believed was a friend. So, um, where do I start? Back in the day, obviously in high school, um, some of us were known to uh, cut a class here or there. And when we cut a class here or there, uh, we would usually congregate in one location and 
you know, do whatever kids do at, uh, I think I was 17 at the time. Uh, so I remember it was me, Derek, Tone, uh, Nat, and maybe a couple other people. And we were at my, my apartment, my mom's apartment at the time where I was living. Uh, you know, it's about three in the afternoon and, you know, we're all bored to tears. There's nothing to do because fuck every other kid's in school. So it's not like you can go hang out with anybody because they were actually going to class. So we, you know, we beat a, we beat a few ideas around, you know, we could do this, we could do this. And eventually we said, well, let's fucking, let's play a game or something. Like, let's, let's just fucking, let's just move around. Uh, so Tone said, yeah, I got a, I got an idea. Let's play the blanket game. Fuck, I was like, I, I, don't, I don't know anything about a blanket game. What the fuck is a blanket game? Um, and he said, well, basically you cover somebody with a blanket, you spin them around and it's kind of like a tag sort of thing, you know, you, or Marco Polo with a blanket over him is kind of the way you would put it. Um, so Tone elected that Nat, who was about six foot three, 240 pounds, and this is at 17 years old and had fallen off a skateboard years before and knocked something loose in his fucking head. So not only had he lost all sense of taste, because whatever he knocked loose did that, but his intelligence went down to almost an infant. He was just dumb as a fucking box of hammers. So Tone told Nat that, well, if you're going to play, you're, you're going to be it. And Nat's like, okay, well, what does that mean? So Tone said, well, we got to put the blanket over you. So Tone goes and grabs uh, the blanket. It's a, a big comforter. Throws it over Nat. Uh then, you know, Nat's flailing around, flailing around with his arms and he's like, well, fucking like, you know, like this, it, the, uh, the comforter keeps falling off. So it's, it's, I don't know what to do. So Tone went and got like this bungee cord thing that, that I had on my room, a couple of bungee cords and wrapped them around Nat and tightened them so Nat couldn't get out. So his arms were pressed against his body. The bungee cord was over his arms. So Nat couldn't really access his arms. So uh, Tone said he'd be right back, went back into my room. Next thing I know, he comes out and he's got four or five coat hangers that he had uh, broken apart from the way they are used to hang up jackets. So they're more like a, a big, long coat hanger, like a, like a, like a stick. Uh, gave us all one and Tone said, ready and go. So he spun Nat around and as soon as Nat was, as soon as he was done spinning Nat around, Tone proceeded him to start whipping him with his coat hanger. So of course we all joined in. And we all started whipping Nat with the coat hanger. So poor Nat's screaming in pain because he's getting whipped with coat hangers by several different people. Now, mind you, the comforter was blocking a lot of the pain, but with the amount of whipping he was getting from, I think there was at least there was at least three of us. I want to say there was four of us, but three for sure. Um, everyone whipping it at one time, you know there was some fucking pain getting through. So poor Nat's taking a beating. Uh, poor Nat's screaming, uh, not happy. But at the same time, he's also still trying to play the game. Which I don't think Nat figured out that you can't tag somebody when your fucking arms are pressed against your body and tied so you can't even extend them. So how are you supposed to touch somebody? So basically he was just running around and bumping into shit, falling over tables and stuff like that, or tripping, not falling, tripping, not falling down, but like stumbling, not to the point where he had fallen though. Until of course, uh, Tone walked up like fucking Sammy Sosa and whipped Nat right in the face with the fucking coat hanger. Nat took about five steps backwards and fell over my coffee table back first and fucking smashed the shit out of my coffee table. Um, starts flopping around like a turtle. Of course, we kept whipping him while he was down. Uh, the 240-pound Nat forced his way up, basically, on his knees, stood back up, 
and still tried to continue to play the game. Instead of just taking the fucking blanket off, he still tried to continue playing the game, and we kept whipping him. So that's my first uh, mini tone tale because I thought it was fucking hilarious. Um, uh, there's going to be more to come. They're going to get a lot more uh, evil. That's for damn sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's my first tone tale. So now I wanted to uh, touch on a few social media things that I have seen in the last couple of days that I thought were worth talking about. The first one being, uh, where is it, where is it, where is it? Oh, I seem to have misplaced it. Uh, okay, so the first one is, Homeless man threatens to burn down gas station with a blowtorch. So yes, homeless man threatens to burn down gas station with a blowtorch. I thought that was a great headline. Uh, that was from Farmington, which, uh, based on my research, is in Michigan. So the long story short is this hobo was out there asking for uh, change when the clerk came out and tried to, you know, shoo him off the property because the people, were, patrons were complaining about him. He wandered into the store, uh, grabbed a fistful of lighters uh, at the cash, at the cash, uh, and on his way out, grabbed some sort of combustible spray fucked off to the corner, around the corner, came back 10 minutes later and started lighting a blowtorch. You know, if you spray like hairspray and a lighter, you get a big fucking flame. Uh, so that he was doing that inside the store, uh, threatening, saying that he was going to go out and do it by the pump, which uh, probably isn't the best idea for survival. Um, but at the same time, pretty fucking funny. Um, I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say there was probably mental issues at play there. Uh, here's another one. Um, and now this isn't so much funny as I found it incredibly just crazy. Um, on March 9th, 2021, a judge ruled that the state of Mississippi is required to pay the maximum compensation of $500,000 to Curtis Flowers, a black man who was wrongfully committed in 1996 for the murder of four people leading him to lose 23 years of his life in prison. So for 23 fucking years, this poor guy was in prison, not in Mississippi, which I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say that it's probably not one of the better places to spend time if you are going to go to prison. It's definitely not a club fed in LA. But this poor guy spent 23 years of his life in prison for a fucking crime he knew he didn't commit. Murdering four people. Not one or two, but fucking four people. And I guess they finally did some DNA um, research and figured out that, yeah, it wasn't his DNA under the fingernails of one of the corpses. Um, and I, I know DNA wasn't a thing 23 years ago, but it definitely was 15 years ago, uh, maybe even 20 years ago. I mean, I'm not sure when DNA really came into play, but... I'm pretty sure it wasn't that far off from when this poor guy went to prison. I mean, I've seen enough Law & Order episodes going back. I mean, they've got like 20 seasons of SVU. The original Law & Order started before that, and they were talking about DNA. So maybe DNA was a thing. I don't know. The, the, the key fact here is this poor guy spent 23 years in jail, and the maximum amount he could get was 500 grand. So that's like saying for 23 years, 
you've went through probably the worst of the worst of the worst, but here's 500 grand. And he's not even getting it in one lump sum. They're giving him like sporadic payments here and there of, you know, 10 grand a month here, 10 grand here, 12 grand here. So yeah, yes, the guy is getting some dough and it is 500 grand, which by no means is a small amount of money. But for 23 years, would you take 500 grand to spend 23 years in a Mississippi prison for a murder of four people? I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say, probably not. I mean, I know I wouldn't, and I worked in a fucking prison, which wasn't anywhere as bad as what Mississippi probably is. Uh, all right. Next headline I've got is, and this is a funny one, rapper Too Short once did a collaboration with Dr. Dre called Man's Best Friend. Too Short spoke to Hip Hop DX, where he revealed that Dr. Dre made him say the word pussy for four consecutive hours during recording of that song. Now, I didn't click on the link because I didn't really think there was much to that story other than the fucking headline. But I know Two Shorts got some dough and I know he got a lot of it from working with Dr. Dre. So I guess if Dr. Dre tells you to jump, you jump, you say how high, then you jump. But if someone told me to say pussy for four hours straight, I'm not sure I could do it without laughing. Um, but again, he is Dr. Dre and he's a fucking billionaire, so there's that. Um, and last, but certainly not least, Pamela Anderson is giving up on Hollywood and moving back to Canada. Pamela is selling her Malibu home, which is a mansion, of course, for the very, very reasonable price of $14.9 million, which sounds like a lot, but I'm pretty sure she's got installment plans, right? I mean, she's Pamela Anderson. She's Canadian. She's a good old girl. So that's going to be it for today's podcast. It's a shorter one than usual. Um, I will pay you guys back on the next one, um, but I hope everyone's well. Um, I hope you guys in Toronto who finally got out of uh, out of lockdown are being smart, and um, you know I hope everything goes well. And the numbers are looking good, guys. So, like I said, keep your head up, and hopefully this shit's going to be over very very shortly. And you know what? Today was 17 degrees, and the sun was out, and it didn't rain like it was supposed to. So it was a fucking beautiful day. Uh, I hope you guys got out and enjoyed it. Um, unfortunately I think I heard next week we're getting snow at least twice. So sorry to fucking being the bearer of bad news, but someone's got to do it. So that's it. I will talk to you guys on Monday and thank you again for listening. Don't forget to download and subscribe and please spread the word, um, on Facebook, J Cowell on Twitter at podcast underscore hostile, uh, the email J dot hostile dot environment at gmail.com. Please spread the word, download and subscribe, and I will talk to you guys on Monday. See you later. Have a good weekend.